Greetings, Curate. It's Tom and Susie Brock here, coming to you all the way from California. And I just want to say this, we really miss you. We do. It's a great privilege to be able to speak to you all this morning or this afternoon, uh, vote uh, via this situation, but it doesn't compare to anything like being with you in person. And we look forward for that time when we can meet together again. So uh, we're just going to share with you a couple of thoughts we have about the coming season of time and, you know, kind of what the whole church scene looks like a little bit worldwide, at least what we've been dealing with. And uh, yeah, just see what the Lord has to say to us. Can I just say, I was thinking about the situation and I know for you guys, it's been quite intense recently with the COVID restrictions. Um, We've been a little less intense. We have strict mask mandates, but We haven't been in lockdown like you guys have been. And I was thinking about just, you know, when we were in that situation, the challenge to maintain continuity as a body and as a fellowship and to continually feel fed and refreshed. And and we, you know, you don't realize how much we gain from one another and from the fellowship that we take from one another. Um, You know, even the Bible says, that every day we should encourage one another as long as the day is called today, that we should never forsake the gathering together of the saints. So I know in in a lot of ways we are continuing to gather because we gather by Zoom or however we do it, we're still doing it. But there's something different to the dynamic. There's something that is really um, so nourishing and sustaining when we gather together as a group in person when we're able to touch and be together and right. and speak to one another face to face. You know, I think that's something that we become very reliant on as well. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, during this COVID season of time, we've actually discovered weaknesses within our church organizations. We've discovered that many people, a lot of people, have been finding their identity in Christ just in the gathering. Yeah. Uh, In other words, if the church is doing a project, oh, I'm part of it, my relationship is there, uh, and so I'm okay with God. But in that, what has happened, what we've lost that one-on-one personal interaction with Jesus. And I think that one of the things the Lord's speaking about this next season of time is that he is looking to renew that intimacy on -on one-on-one relationship with every individual. The church is only the church when it's made up of people that are committed to the Lord Jesus. Otherwise, we're just another club. We're just another organization that gathers together. And, you know, that's fine for social reasons, but it doesn't fulfill the whole, you know, uh, understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus is supposed to be. I think that one of the things that I found in the, you know, I, I think you discussed this a while ago, about a year and a half ago in America, the church was deemed as non-essential. Man, I just thought, whoa, what a horrible statement that's being made about us as believers when the government and the cities come out and say, oh, you're not really essential. We don't want you gathering. We don't think you need to be together. That's all there is to it. And to me, that shows that something's happened in our translation. Something's happened in our intimacy with the Lord. Because in that, can you imagine just for a moment if Jesus walked the face of the earth today and all these things are going on, that someone would say, oh, uh, 
Lord, you're not essential. You need to go ahead and go back fishing or something. You know, that just wouldn't happen because Jesus was relevant for the time. Yeah. And his relationship with the Father was intimate. His relationship with the Father, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The things I do, you will do yeah. because I'm doing the will of my Father. And you know, it, it goes on in John chapter 17. It talks about how important it is that we become more and more uh, integrated into Him so that the world will see that we're integrated into the Father and that we're doing the Father's will. Unfortunately, again, over the years, the church has become more of, of an organization than an organism. And the Lord wants to change that. He wants to bring us back to a place of intimacy with Him. And see, we want to be involved with churches that are creating churches. We want to be with people that are discipling to make disciplers and that are worshipers to create worshipers. That we understand our job and our purposes in the kingdom of God is to have a reproductive system. Yeah. Go into all the world and make Christians, you know, make them disciples and teach them the ways of the Lord. That's really our goal, not just to be part of the club, know where to sit, when to stand up, when to sit down, when to lean to the left or yeah. lean to the right, but we actually come to that point of intimate relationship that we're hearing the voice of the Lord and responding to the voice of the Lord. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think so. You know, you know the whole thing of, you know, what you said about, you know, them saying that the church was not um, essential. Uh, essential, you know, that's crazy because obviously Jesus is the most essential of anybody that's ever lived on earth. And here we are, the representation of Jesus now on earth. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Right. We now, you know, everywhere we go, if you've, you know, remember when Paul said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. I mean, that's incredible. So of course, our lives are meant and called to be essential. Um, I think of the buzzword, sustainability. I mean, we should be those that, that are sustainable. Is right. that correct? Am that's I using right. yeah, that right? right? Maybe not. But we're here to create, to perpetuate, to continue God's ways, His purposes, His plans, His heart, His love. Everything that mankind searches for right now is held in Christ and held in these earthen containers, these earthen vessels. And so whether or not we can meet physically in person, I, I was, I just take a little pause, a little rabbit trail here for a minute. I was, we live in, in this little town called Santa Paula, super cool town here in Southern California. It's actually a farm town. It's 12 miles off the beach um, in Ventura County. And we are surrounded by orchards, lemon orchards, avocado orchards, a few orange orchards, just really gorgeous, um, really cool. And this morning as I looked out the bathroom window and I looked out towards the orchards, you know, I was thinking how the whole of the orchard is, it's right now, it's green, it's beautiful, it's winter here, so our, our citrus is coming into fruition now, it's coming into um, full color. And, but what makes it beautiful, it's not the orchard, Tommy used to always say, um, I don't know if you remember this, but he would always say, hey, you know, Jesus isn't coming back for 
the church, like curate, he's coming back for the, the individual. individuals. Right. And what makes up the beauty of those orchards and and the fruitfulness and what, you know, feeds the many is each an individually planted tree that is cared for and bears fruit. And in collectively, when you look out, there's the beauty when it's collective. Right. But each tree has to be nourished. Yeah. And I think right now, thinking of us each as individuals, the responsibility to find our nourishment, whether we can't do it one-on-one uh, -on -one in person, but that we take the responsibility with our own personal relationships with Him. Yeah, you know, and I think that there's something that we need to bring up for you as a member of the congregation. You know, if you're not serious about following Jesus, if you're not serious- Get out, yeah, no, I was kidding. Well, actually, I was going to say that. But <laughs> if, if you're not serious about your commitment with the kingdom and becoming a believer in the true sense of the word believer, not just someone, oh, yeah, I believe, but no, someone who gives your whole life to the kingdom of God, then you've got a problem because you're part of a church that is a destiny church. Curate has a destiny, and I even believe in the next season of time, that even all the things you've done up to this point have been great, grand, and groovy. But I think the next step is even going to be just much, much more impressive in the kingdom of God. And I believe that Jesus has become, is going to become so front and center that no one in their right mind would ever say, oh, they're not essential because it'll be, oh, you need, you need help? Go to the church. That church will help you. Oh, if you're, oh, you, you need prayer? Go there, they'll pray for you, something will happen. You need finance, go there, something will happen. And that becomes, it will become the profile of who you yeah. are and what you are. Now the problem is, is this, is that when you find people that want to serve the Lord, when the Lord is there and he's moving in people's lives, well, all hell breaks loose because the enemy wants to do everything he can to stop the church from becoming being an essential part yeah. of our community. But again, like Susie's saying, this isn't a matter of the orchard, it's the individual who's involved in yeah. every single situation. So yes, this situation, the unit, the vehicle that we're talking about, the church is going to fulfill destiny that God has for it. But it's only gonna fulfill that destiny as every single individual within that organization begins to respond to, what do you want me to do, Lord? You know, and, and to me, you know, you're, you're, you are a group of people that are champions for the kingdom of God. You are not substandard. You're not even mediocre. You are champions. You're the ones that put me in, coach. I want to play, and we can put you in because we know that every single person who's learned the plays, who's doing what they're supposed to do, will accomplish the task, and we will see the purposes of God fulfilled in the community. Curate is a place of fulfillment. It's a place that has a vision, but it's a place where God is going to call you forward, and you're going to see great and marvelous things. So here's what I like to say to that is this. We need to remember what the Lord spoke to us on a better day. Even with all the stuff that we've been going through, all the you know isolation and all the sickness and all the problems that have been happening. And even if you think about it individually, families that are going through struggles, people that are going through stress, all those situations, we need to stop for a moment and think, 
What has God said about my life? What has God said about my purposes in him? And I'll tell you what it's going to come out to be, that he's come to give you a rich, full, and satisfying life so that not just so you can be great, but that you might pass that on and make disciples with that same understanding that God has a purpose, God has a direction, yeah. God has a fulfillment. As each individual begins to awaken and hear and remember what God has spoken on a better day, then guess what? The organization, the church will wake up and suddenly will become so, I mean, just so necessary in our community that there's no way that we can ever be overlooked again. The main thing in that is that you as an individual will also find that fulfillment. Yeah. It won't be just going to church. It won't just be going to home group. It won't just be friends with friends. It will be people who have made contact with the living God. Yeah. And you'll be a place of life and yeah. fulfillment for you. Yeah. I love when uh, that thing Tom says, oh, there's so many things I love oh, about this guy. She's, but, she wants to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> that one thing he says, what, you know, what has God spoken to you on a better day? And the thing is, what he spoke to you on a better day is still true. That's right. And nothing has changed. You know, he said he came to give us a rich, full, and satisfying life. My little saying is, if you're not living that rich, full, and satisfying life, then it's coming. Yeah. Because God's not a liar. And, you know, I was also thinking this today, you know, as, uh, you know, coming into a new year, and or maybe we're already in the new year, and... You know, at the beginning, we all make, I don't know if you do this, but I used to do this, you used to do this. We'd make New Year's resolutions. And of course, mine usually involve losing 20 pounds, two stone, whatever it is to you guys. And with stone, pounds, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, it's losing <laughs> weight. And, you know, it's just things like that. You know, you, you make these New Year's resolutions, but, you know, I after a while, you get old enough to realize, okay, maybe maybe not make those resolutions, but God has something better. You know, I was thinking, I went to the doctor and this was like maybe two years ago. And I said to him this, thinking about a resolution coming up. And I said, you know, what do I gotta do? I gotta lose weight, man. The older I get, the more weight I'm putting on, what do I do? And he said, oh, I have the secret. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you do? And he goes, yes, I have the secret. I have a secret diet, a secret plan, and you will lose weight. Well, of course, I got really excited. Did you get excited? You probably got really excited. But he said this, here's the secret. Eat less, move more. I'm like, that's it? And, you know, I thought, that is it. Is That is it. You know, in all reality, for all the diet plans you're ever going to do in your life, really, it comes down to this. Eat less food and move more. And in the same way, I thought in the kingdom, it's very much the same. There's a beautiful simplicity to following Jesus. It's not rocket science. It's not too complicated. Even Paul said, it's not so far that we have to send somebody to go get it for us. It's very simple. And, and I want to share a couple, just a couple scriptures. And I was thinking about some of the simplicity of this. Hold on, my, my laptop is, is uh, shut down here. And I don't want to get these scriptures wrong. But I was thinking of the one in 1 Thessalonians um, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And it's pretty cool. It says this, always be joyful. That's hard. I mean, 
Lord, seriously, did you mean always? Because bad things happen. But he says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. And then it's followed up by this phrase, for this is the will of God concerning you. And I think for us in ministry, all the years that we've been in ministry, do you guys remember when we celebrated our 50th year of ministry, Tom's 50th year of ministry a few years back? Woo, yeah, still wearing that watch, thank you. Um, hey, mine's coming up. Just realized my 50th is coming up soon. Um, but you know, when I think of that, you know, um, we always have people coming up to us saying, what is the will of God for my life? Boom, there the Bible says it. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 through 18. Be joyful in all things. Always give thanks. Always give thanks for this is the will of God. Um, be oh, and then never stop praying. It's kind of like the doctor saying to me, you wanna change your life? You wanna feel better? You wanna be stronger? You wanna be healthier? You wanna be thinner? Then eat less and move more. And in the same way, it's like the father is looking at us saying, here's a solution for you. Always be joyful. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's everything. The knowledge of him in your life, knowing who he is, understanding the depth of, of the availability and the advantage of having a living, loving God living inside of you. That in you, and then, and then having that joy that comes from that knowledge, and then talking to him and praying, and praying knowing that you're being heard, that he is a God that answers prayers. And you know, although I gotta say, I think his timing sucks most of the time until it happens, and then I realize it's beautifully brilliant, his timing. So he says, pray always. And then he says, you know, just give thanks in everything. And I think it's when you give thanks to the Lord you know, uh, it grows your faith. And we know the scripture also says that without faith, it's impossible to please him because you gotta know who he is when you come to him. And I think these are the elements that are the simplicity in Christ. These are the elements that grow healthy trees and healthy people, that we walk in these truths, that we know these truths. There was this other passage. Oh, I have to read this real quick because it's one of my favorites. And it was in Luke 18. Uh, verse one, and it was this, it's just this bizarre little scripture and I love it, but it's that moment when he's talking about the, um, the widow, the persistent widow that just kept bugging the judge until he gave into her. And as the Lord is talking about that passage, he starts off of this and it says this, it says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story that they should always pray and never give up. Right. That's an amazing truth. You know, and again, guys, this all is based upon intimate relationship with the Lord. Mm. 100%. If you're not committed to the commitment, then this this is just, you know, flybys. It's yeah. not going to happen. But if you understand that what we're talking about, there is a result to this application. If you invest yourself into the kingdom of God, then that joy and that peace mm and the kingdom of God will be manifested in your life. The manifest presence of God will come to you. Not something aloof, but the actual, you will know that you know that you know that you know the presence of God is operating in your life. 
The enemy is pouring out like a flood, but the Lord wants to raise up a standard against it. He wants to make that standard you. He wants to bring his glory through you to others, not just for you, but that the world can look and see, whoa, God is alive, God is moving, God is real. Look, there's people right there that are living this life and it's working for them. God wants to make himself famous in your life on that on that basis. So if we understand that there's something to do, that there's a vision, then we can begin to implement some guidelines. You know, it's like why learn all the plays of the game if you're not going to play? Why be in, you know, why sit on the bench and go to practice and sweat your, you know, yourself to death there and not be able to get into the game? But if you know you're going to play, know the place. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will direct your path. In Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds the wisdom of instruction. And this is it. Listen, doctor didn't have great revelation. Listen, that scripture right there is simple. Do what the word says. It will work for your life. Do what the word says and you will fulfill your destiny. Some of you, when you were first born again, you got excited. You know, you couldn't stop you from doing anything for the God. But as time's gone on, you've become weary and well-doing. You begin to fade back. You've kind of like, well, let the pastor take it. That's why we pay them the big bucks. You know, what? let this do that, that group do that. Oh, we have people who will clean up. Oh, we have people who will set up. No, this is a family. We're not an organization. We are a family and we need to be bonded to one another in love and commitment and service to one another based upon not works, but based upon intimacy with Jesus. I think this is what the Lord's crying out for mm-hmm. in our lives in this coming year, yeah. that we don't do it as a, again, organization, but as an organism that we join together, grab hold of each other, that we look at ancient paths, that we look at what God has spoken to. Listen, we have known you as a church before you were curate. We've known you a long time. And I remember the first time I ever stood on the platform and shared, I felt like the Lord said very clearly, this is a people of destiny. This is a people of purpose. These people will affect the nations. And I believe the Lord's saying, come on guys. Come on, crawl up my arms. Know me like you've never known me before. Get get that point of intimacy with me that you've never really had. I want to whisper in your things that, that only things that lovers share. I want to bring you to that place of life that you will see that my manifest glory, my manifest presence will bring the substance that brings satisfaction and you will not be disappointed for putting your trust in him. Yeah. Okay. And you know what doesn't matter is circumstances because God has brought us above the circumstances. He is for us and not against us. And when we talk about the church as a whole, we talk about you. And so we pray that you would remember the one thing, the simplicity that is in Christ, that you lift up the name of Jesus and he will draw all men to himself, including you. 
that he looks to be intimate with you, to love you and to answer you, to hear you. He hears your cry. To anybody that cries help God gets help. That's right. And, and that includes you. So we pray right now that you would know his peace, yes, that Father. you would know his comfort, Come Holy that, Spirit. You, that he would sustain you, that the joy of the Lord would sustain your life and bring you hope and comfort and energy to what the Lord has put before you. We just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. And to anybody out there, you don't know what we're talking about and you don't know that God, you need to know him. You need to get Jesus. And, and that's very simply done by the invitation that's spoken from your very own lips to invite him in, to be with you, to be your father, to be your Lord, your God, your savior. Yeah. And it says in the scripture that the Lord will turn no one down, that's basically. Right. That's what it says. So you're not going to be the first one. Um, as special as you are, you're not that okay. special. Guys, we love you. We're praying for you. Yeah. We know that what we're telling you is the truth. We're not just, you know, shooting the wind here. No. We know that you are a people of destiny and that this coming year will be a year of fulfillment. So yes. our prayers are with you. Our hearts are with you. Hope to see you yes. soon. Much love. Love you guys. Love you guys.